Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Tuesday. First of yesterday's news, I and Glenn ZB, we're looking back at Monday, and uh, uh, we've got uh, a bit of stuff coming out of the Labour conference. Mostly them taking pot shots at National, apparently. Uh, where do, where do the, all their policies leave uh, farmers in this country? Are we just farming trees from now on? And then we're going to uh, finish up with a bit of whiskey and chocolate. What a great way to end. It seems too early in the day to end with whiskey and chocolate, but there you go. It's never too early, apparently. Uh, yeah, so uh, Labour promising uh, a little bit more money for some families. I think it's about 10,000 kids that are going to benefit from this extra payment. But that's good, isn't it? So, given that, if women have the choice, mostly women, predominantly women, but some men, if you had the choice of being able to stay home and educate your children, take them to, you know, child child play centres as opposed to child care centres, you would, wouldn't you, given the damning report on so many, and also given how difficult it is to find a place. They might not be the ideal, according to this report, but most parents need them because you need two incomes for most families. There are some very, very good early childhood centres out there, very good, but a lot of them are struggling. And if you had the choice, you would stay home, wouldn't you? You can't be serious. All I have ever wanted to do as a parent is to get my kids to go away from me or for me to go away from them. Talk about non-contact time. That's what you need. Spend all day long with them. Jesus. No thanks. What's he talking about there? Sometimes I just don't, I just don't understand what's happening. Anyway, uh, what else happened at the Labour conference, Kate? I noticed one political editor who's usually very sympathetic to the Labour government actually came out and said it was embarrassing of Robertson, and she called him panicked and petty. But this is what we can expect more of. Hypocritical as it may be, it's all the so-called party of kindness is capable of. Bullying. Even Queen of Kindness herself, Jacinda Ardern, when challenged on the rudeness of Grant Robertson's name-calling, she stood by the approach. What does that tell you? It tells you to expect more of this gutter stuff. It's all they've got. And if I was Luxon in the National Party, I'd take it as a compliment. In fact, he did. He said he's flattered that they're so fixated on him. Labor's scared. They're so on the ropes going into this next election, and the latest poll proves it, that that's all they've got. Pot shots and name-calling. Robertson will be a tack dog in chief. We know it. The PM will smile broadly and back up everything he says, or at least won't resile from it. I guess that's all they can do when they can't stand on their record. I mean, they do have records, just ones in the wrong direction. Record gang numbers, record youth crime, record debt, record job vacancies, record truancy, record social housing queues. Nicola Willis said Labor should stop talking about national and refocus on delivering for struggling New Zealanders who expect the government to do better for them. Well, that's what an adult would say. But sadly, it's falling on deaf ears. The game playing from the gutter has begun. And I'd hazard a guess this won't be the last of the name-calling, which at the end of the day is a contributing factor, I reckon, to what makes people so cynical about politicians and even put some off voting entirely. You know, we deserve better 
than to be part of the sewer system of childishness. But sadly, I don't think we're going to get out of it for a while yet. So, hang on. Kate's angry because they called Christopher Luxon Liz Luxon. Is that what happened? And then she she called Jacinda Ardern the Queen of Kindness. This is politics, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't that how it works? Stuffing up. Right. Um, yeah, of course, in the real world, in the rural world, farmers aren't very happy about the situation that they found themselves in where they're better off planting trees than, you know, growing cows and sheep. But looking at my own operation, you know, I'm going to drop my production by probably 30%, drop labour, drop costs, because um, the returns aren't there. Mm. And if I was sensible, I'd be planting pine trees. I've planted a few pine trees this year. I've had production pine trees before. Um, there's about, probably at the moment, about 10 times more money in farming pine trees than there yeah. is in farming um, beef, sheep, cattle, deer on um, hill country. Yeah. But um, I realise that could be uh, a long-term thing. It mightn't happen. But if the carbon price dropped by a half, at the moment it's $86. It went down to 40 still uh, on figures... Yeah, well, you get you get um, yeah, but you get you get the carbon price, and then your land just sits there looking like a forest. You no, know, no, and, I'm talking, and, I'm, no, I'm talking about production forestry. Right, you get 16 years of carbon, and then you cut your trees yeah. down at 28 or 30 years. Exactly what I was you're about making, to say. You get you get making, you get one crop. You get one you get one harvest, and then no, eh? no. Listen, listen. Forestry is 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 been better than sheep and beef farming a lot of the time anyway without carbon. You add carbon into the equation, um, it's, it just blows it out of the water. It's it's eight to ten times better on a sheep and beef um, federated farmer's figures than than farming um, okay. livestock. All right. Well, who knew farming was so sort of all about adding up lots of numbers? So, um, yeah, there goes my retirement plan. I don't think I can't do numbers. I can't even make this podcast fit into 10 minutes, which is my sort of rough goal. I've achieved it about 12 times out of 2,779 podcasts. I wonder what will happen today. We'll find out shortly. Um, But before we do, let's have a whiskey. Padrona Distillery. They're expanding. They've got a new whiskey out, and everybody wants it. I know I do. I like your product. It's really good. It's it's um it's in the good whiskey cabinet at home. So there you go. How did you guys get so good? Uh, through great people, and um, <laughs> we're delighted to be here to talk to you about it. To either seven years seems to have gone in the blink of an eye. Desiree, how much money are you looking for? Are you not going to tell us that? No, I'm not going to tell you that. But um, but it, we are looking for the right partners to help us take that next. That next leap forward after what has been a long journey to get to this point as we we build what what we intend to be for an icon as an icon for New Zealand. How much bigger do you think you can get? It's it's not really about the ultimate size. It's about the ultimate goal, which is that we we have a great whiskey on the world stage from New Zealand, and that's what we're about here at Kadrona. And so, what's going on with the vodka? Do you guys make vodkas? 
We do make vodka. It's how we started, actually, and it bears yeah. my bears my name on it too. So we've just um, our, our vodka has just just been uh, had its first import into the United States, and uh, uh, with a with a, a very good importer there, and um, one of the biggest distributors they're looking at this moment to to um, to to distribute throughout the state. Um, the really important thing is that they do bourbon as well. I have not had, but I would like to try. It's too expensive for me. I hear that Heather has put the whiskey in the good whiskey cabinet. So they've got multiple whiskey cabinets at, at Heather's house. I wonder, I guess some days on a rough, on a really rough day, you come home and you go, oh, look, we're gonna, this calls for the good whiskey cabinet. Um, we're going to uh, finish up here with uh, Marcus, as we often do. Uh, he's got a problem with the uh, advent calendars with the chocolates in, apparently. Beauty advent calendars, waste of time. All advent calendars are a waste of time. They should be banned. Got a lot to say about advent calendars. Terrible. Cadbury's all over it now. I see in the Foursquare they've got Cadbury advent calendars. Get away. No point. Just like a um, bad value box of chocolates with annoying little windows you've got to push out. I don't think anyone does it day by day. The chocolate, I mean, here's the thing about advent calendars the chocolate's either so terrible that you wouldn't bother or so good you'd eat it all in one go. What sort of chocolate would someone eat just one bit a day? There's no chocolate. If you mean you sit down, the chocolate's got goop, it's all gone. If it tastes waxy like that Cadbury stuff, you wouldn't bother with it. A classic hot take from Marcus there, and wrong, a wrong one, of course. I mean, unless my kids are really weird, they loved, they've always loved advent calendars. They've graduated now from chocolate to other things, because you can get other different kinds. They got tea, ones with tea in them last Christmas. They seem to like those. Um... I think it, it just sounds like Marcus has got absolutely no self-discipline whatsoever. I think that's what's gone wrong there. He's had a lot of Christmases where he's eaten all his chocolate on the on the first day and then looked around at his friends and siblings and, they, and they've kept theirs. And he's felt a bit stink about himself. I think that's probably what's happened there. Might be reading too much into it. I'm Glenn ZB. I'm the kind of guy who would actually not eat them. <laughs> I'd save them all and then have them all on Christmas morning I'd have 24 chocolates boom then while everybody else has got none that's how I roll <laughs> oh look at that 11 minutes not 10 you just can't do it can you Glenn ZB I'll see you back tomorrow maybe I'll do it then